Welcome to Truth Culture Life. Sierra, I'm Royce Hood. Take it away, Sierra. How's it going today, guys? We have an exciting show coming up. A few interviews, a few questions that we're going to ask Father O. We're getting back into the swing of things with the Ask Father O segment. And then a couple of new headlines that we have going on, too. It's been pretty busy. Are we going to be doing the weather segment? How's it going where you're at today, Royce? Oh, man. Weather is hot and humid and sticky. <laughs> and uh, we've had like some crazy Canadian smoke. And so like what we had like a week ago, it was like really bad weather alert. And I don't know, it said something like 180. I don't know what that means. But I was like, you know, there's like this metric reading. I was asking my wife, I'm like, at what point do you just die from it? <laughs> right? right? It was, like it was so thick. You, it was hard to breathe. And people are out just walking around. I think they thought it was fog, but it's like, wow. Well, I've seen I've seen comparisons to, um, you know, the memes from the submersible. We were all laughing about the memes from the submersible. And now we have this haze over the Midwest where the fog is so bad that we can't be outside. It's horrible. I know. Yeah, the fog is definitely weird. Uh, Father, you're not getting the fog from Canada, are you? No, it's snowing here, as a matter of fact. Snowing? You're kidding. No, it's snowing here. He's joking. Father. Oh, I was like, what? Well, we, okay, what? don't kid with me because we just had frost in North Dakota the other day. So <laughs> the weather just the same as the weather that you are experiencing. Hot and humid. It's our rainy season. As a matter of fact, I hear the pitter patter of the rain on my roof at the moment. Oh, see, I like that. That to me puts me in nap mode when I hear the pitter patter of rain, especially in the afternoon. And I, I, the biggest thing I, I have to say, I miss the thunderstorms in Florida. The afternoon thunderstorms in the summer were one of my favorite, you know, moments of the day, just because it gets kind of dark and great time to just sort of rest. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, it's beautiful again. Yeah. It dries up right away. It does. It does. I love that. Well, yeah. you know, today, like I said, we have a couple of things we're going to talk about, you know, make sure to follow us on facebook we've been posting our episodes on spotify as well so if you're listening today on catholic spirit radio there's a few different avenues to catch us if you miss us so make sure to check out truthculturelife.com but like i said today i thought we'd start out with our ask father o segment um we've been posting about that but now i have a couple of questions for father o if you're ready all right quiz the whiz (laughs) all right so One thing that I've been reading about and seeing explanations about, you know, just on social media and whatever, and I'd love to hear your opinion is, why does the Old Testament God seem different than the New Testament God? Yeah, it's a question that, you know, a a lot of people ask. It looks like the Old Testament God is kind of uh, an angry uh, God, a very uh, threatening God. And, you know, the best we can do with that is to show that no matter what, God seems like he's always involved for the ultimate good of his people. And so like it's a uh, it's a tough love kind of a God. It's like a father who's giving tough love to his children. But the Old Testament lays the groundwork for the full revelation of God as God being a God of love and that the Old Testament gives the full picture of who God is. And the Old Testament allows the Spirit of God to come into us and experience uh, his love because Jesus says God is love. But the Old Testament is not too far off the mark because, as I said, it's a tough love. And God is still love and he's still out for the good of his people. He never, ever abandons his people and always gives them what they need. 
albeit uh, sometimes it's the, uh, the tough love, New Testament, it's a more gentle God. However, the New Testament always reminds us that um, although God is love, the choices that we make do have consequences, and we suffer those consequences if we do not follow love of God and love of neighbor. Love of God and love of neighbor also found in the Old Testament, so we can't say that God deceived us in any way. But just like an earthly father, sometimes he had to bring in the heavy hand and use discipline. Yeah, I was going to say, I always love Father O's answers on those because I don't know how you do it, but you're always able to just have the best answer for those questions. Oh, I, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The okay, best here's not, not give Father any advance notice because I think it, <laughs> it's fun. Just like you said, he just kind of whips it out and, and he's just awesome. Uh, yeah. I had the pleasure, Sierra, many years ago of t- having Father Orsi, you know, as, a, as an instructor, as a professor in, in one of my classes. And that was that was amazing. We had a good time, didn't we? We did. We yeah. did. I have some funny memories from that class. Yeah, what it was, was a good. What was it? Do you in that class will use the Heinrich Roman? I think that so. Red book. Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely had that. Absolutely. Morality and the law. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Right, that's right. And I mean, it, and it's amazing how much I've carried that forward. I mean, everything about the origins of our law. Most people don't realize it's rooted in the natural law, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's just really amazing when you trace back the laws of this country to England and to Rome and to Greece and so forth. I mean, it's just fantastic. The history is, it really, it makes it make sense. It does, sure does. And it really is so beautiful because with the reasonable person, it resonates with the reasonable yeah. person. You say, Hey, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've lost that. that. We unfortunately today have a lot of, you know, just such misinformed. So many people are just so misinformed. Um, and so that's why this show, I think this show and others like it are so important. And by the way, for the, for our listeners who can't see, if you go to YouTube and Sierra, I don't know which address we're using, but on, well, well, we'll post this at truthculturelife.com and the truth culture life pod page at Facebook. But Sierra has completely revamped our artwork, which looks awesome. Um, so you've got like these little icons for Spotify, subscribe for, to YouTube, Facebook, um, so yeah, we're, I'm super pumped about that. Good job, Sierra. I'm looking at it right now. Good job. Yeah. I can see it beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for those listening today, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more with our YouTube channel for sure. Um, and we'll post about that on Facebook and give you guys the updates. But, uh, once we have that verified, please give us a follow. Uh, it sounds like Royce and I are actually going to be heading down to Gower, Missouri next week. Now, I don't oh, know if that's, that's official. Yeah, it's but not. We'll be. That's right. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, we'll be posting content about that on Facebook and everything else, too. So make sure you're following along. Yeah. So the plan right now is to be there next week and to have a brainstorming session with some of the people that are involved in the movie. Um, and Sierra, since Sierra is going to go, we'll, um, we'll go ahead and record some segments for the show right from Gower. So, uh, Father, if you're not doing anything, jump on an airplane and meet us ah. in Gower. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, would, I would really love to see that. I don't think there's a direct flight, though, from uh, RSW in Fort Myers. You know, you never know. You've got that Allegiant Airlines. Uh, they charge you extra for soda and for your backpack, though. So you got to be careful. <laughs> we know anybody that has a private jet. I think that would be the way to go. Father, if anybody knows somebody with a private jet, it would be you. And they're they're yeah. probably, you know, you're probably friends with them. Uh, but no, listen, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, 
I think our voter, our, our listeners should actually let us know. Um, do you, you know, should father go to Gower? We should do like a vote. Ah! Oh, I love that. Yes. We could put a poll on the Facebook page and the winning answer is what father O has to do. That's it. <laughs> I have to do uh, one, two shows, action for life. And then I have to do shows, conversations with Father Orsi next week. So, you know, my calendar is kind of booked. He's a busy <laughs> man. We could film one of his shows in Gower. You know, so Father has his conversations with Father Orsi, his new show, which is awesome. Um, and then he's got Action for Life, which is on YouTube as well. Father, were you able to do the Teresa, uh, Teresa Tamio interview or is that coming up? Coming up uh, Tuesday. Wow, that's where, awesome. Yeah. Where can we listen to the interview at? Uh, it's going to be on the uh, Action for Life website, Action for Life uh, YouTube. Yep, I'll post that. We'll make sure that's up so people uh, yep. people know about it. And uh, that's great. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, Father Orsi, you know, we had, we've had we had Teresa on this program, and she was she was a great guest. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be great. Um, let's do this, Sierra. I know we're kind of um, we're sort of segueing in. Um, we're a little bit shy of where we need to be for our commercial break, but in the interest of time, we do have our special guest. Uh, Michael is on standby. Why don't we bring him in? We could have him in for a couple of minutes. We'll jump to a break and then we can finish up with him on the other side. You guys want to do that here? Let me, uh, let me bring him in. Just give me one second here. All right. You're listening to truth culture life and, uh, Michael McGlynn, um, from Sistine films is joining us from Kansas city. Michael, how goes it? Doing great was working on a lawnmower this morning. So this is much more exciting. <laughs> All right. Yeah, lawnmower. So you're joining us with, uh, this is Sierra, uh, one of the co-hosts, as well as Father Michael Orsi from Naples, Florida. And Sierra's joining us from North Dakota. So we are all over the map. I uh, love Naples, Florida. I was married down there. I dated my wife for almost nine years long distance when I was in Nashville doing music. And my uncle, who was a priest, flew down to St. John that? the Evangelist Parish in 2000, July 1st. That's on April. Yeah. That's our neighbor. Which, uh, which Kansas City are you in, Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas? Missouri, but my Missouri. uncle was a priest of the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. Uh-huh. How about that? Yeah. So. Yeah. Very, very cool. So Michael has um, – I was introduced uh, uh, to Michael through a fellow board member of LifeSite News. Uh, Dominic introduced us, um, and it was like – you know, I was on my way to Gower to film and it was like really super last minute. Michael was able to come out and help do some supporting uh, photography and some filming um, during the procession of Sister Wilhelmina before they they uh, laid her to rest in her final uh, tomb. Um, and so, yeah, I got to know Michael then and we've been speaking ever since about film. And I think he, he's going to be a big part of the incorruptible movie that we're working on. But the reason why I wanted to have Michael on the show today is just because of all the cool things he's involved with. He is the uh, founder of Sistine Films, um, and he also is, I think you're the founder of AdoreHimDaily.tv. Is that correct as well? Well, I'd say our Lord was the founder of it because the inspiration literally came uh, during my holy hours. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to uh, do my best with it. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. So Adore Him Daily is pretty neat. And when we do some, um, when we do a little bit of post-production, maybe we'll, uh, we'll throw in a little snip of one of the films that's on there, but tell us about Adore Him Daily. What, what's that all about? Yeah. So Adore Him Daily is an online platform using the power of story to promote the life changing. And I like to refer to the life-saving benefits of Eucharistic adoration. 
And so we've got short films on there, and we also feature talks from generally priests and things of that sort, and then an occasional documentary as well. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to go to a screenshot of Adore Him Daily so people that are watching the video portion of this can check it out. Um, and, and, and so really, I mean, in, in layman's terms, this is, I mean, this is all about adoration. Is that, isn't that correct? It is. Yeah. You know, adoration is the preeminent disposition of a believer in Christ, someone who's serious about their journey with him and serious about their salvation, but also committed to the care of those around them. And so we see this most poignantly in the life of Our Lady, the first adorer. And she really shows us the way, you know, in all manner of humility. Jesus confirms it in the Martha and Mary account where he says, you know, Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken from her. And so we have these beautiful examples. And honestly, I was doing a concert talk in Marytown in 2018 and the National Shrine of Maximilian Colby. And what happened was on the last day, I thought the Lord was trying to tell me something. And I'm like, I'm not sure what it is. So when I got back to Kansas City, I chose to go to this beautiful adoration room that my dear uncle that I mentioned earlier, who married us, Monsignor Charles McGlynn, had built uh, onto his parish. And I was already a weekly adorer. I'd been a weekly adorer since probably 1998. But um, this was a time of concentrated listening before the Lord, and the room was so beautiful. And within really a week, I had to kind of make a decision, do I dare do this daily? Because I was already picking up kids at 3 o'clock from school. My day was busy, and I was trying to run you know, a, a film company. But I thought, you know what? If this hour is what sinks us as a family, then maybe it is. Maybe something new should come. Well, that didn't happen. And out of that came the inspiration to start trying to tell the story of this really powerful time we have before the Lord. No, that's awesome. Yeah, super, super cool. I think um, hopefully we can uh, see you in person next week if you're able to break off a little bit because Sierra is actually going to go from North Dakota to Gower to meet me there. Um, And I've got some other people coming too. So if it works out, we'd love to see you in person. Um, And But for this show, for our listeners um, at Catholic Spirit Radio and elsewhere, I want to encourage you to check out adorehimdaily.tv. And you can also um, learn more about Michael's work at sistinefilms.com. Michael, from a um, theological and then I'll, uh, perspective, and I'll open up the Father and Sierra too if they have any questions for you. But um, I mean, look, your, your story is really interesting. You were, first of all, you were a football player, and then you were a Nashville musician. And now you're a filmmaker, but more than that, you're a husband and you're a father. Tell us, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your story and how you've sort of evolved to where you are. Um, and we've got, I'll tell you what, let's do this. How about, how about we do this? How about we pick that up on the other side of this break? Uh, you're listening to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. We'll be right back. I will be with you to the end of time. July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. 
Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me, even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July matching Mondays. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal area, 309-827-7780. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. As Catholic Spirit Radio touched you, maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. You're listening to Truth, Culture, Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we are um, on the other side of our break. We were uh, just speaking with Michael McGlynn of Sistine Films and AdoreHimDaily.tv. And I was asking Michael about his life. He was a uh, football player, and then he became a musician in Nashville, and now he's doing film, but he's also a husband and father. So, Michael, take it away. Tell us a little bit about your story. My goodness. I think what comes to mind first and foremost was my sophomore year when I quit the team for – about 24 hours during two days. I was an offensive lineman at the University of Notre Dame under uh, legendary coach Lou Holtz. And it was an opportunity that I didn't really want. I wanted to go pursue music. However, uh, my parents won out that argument and it was a blessed opportunity. But I was really collapsing kind of under the weight of academics and the pressure on sports. And I didn't have prayer in my toolbox and I didn't know that I needed it. And so um, what happened was my uncle called me uh, in the dorm one night and just listened to me, reassured me, didn't tell me I was right or wrong, said, I love you, I'm here for you. And I know that it wasn't a sacramental confession that I made, but there was something of great value of getting the pain and the poverty off of my heart. So in any event, the next morning I woke up and realized I felt better. So I went back to the coach and said, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake. Can I be back on the team? And he said, absolutely. I just need you to make a repair with your team, which was really easy. So that was really a powerful moment for me because, you know, South Bend in August or in two days is, you know, it's about 120 degrees on the field in the morning and there's dew on the grass. It's a lovely place to be. But I remember going to the spot where I stretched. And what it first occurred to me was how was it 24 hours prior? There wasn't a place on the planet I wanted to be less. How was it now that I was joyful, almost glee-filled, if you will. And it really was the first example of the power of perception. And I realized that going into my junior year, I grabbed that rosary that my grandmother had left for me. She had died my sophomore year. And so I had that experience of pivoting back to the team, but then going back with Our Lady and the Rosary. And within a matter of days of just fledgling through a decade, I didn't even know the mysteries, I began to experience a deep sense of peace. And so I never let go of the rosary and Our Lady. And I have to say, you know, it's because of Our Lady's intercession in my life that I believe that I was able to find the right 
woman for me and me for her. We just celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary. We're, we're BFFs, as they say. We've been blessed with a very beautiful family of three children. And from that, our Lord, our Lady just really started to walk me to her son's heart. And, you know, in these latter years of the last five years of daily adoration, I really feel that our Lord's taken my hand and walked me to the Father's heart, which is something I never really understood, but it just kind of came about very sublime, but very real. And so I'm an, I'm an artist, basically. I'm a Catholic artist, and I try to use the talents that were given to me in artistry to bring our Lord's heart into the world, uh, his word into the world, and to reassure souls as best as I can. So while I'm trying to work my own life out. Wow, that's amazing. What a great testimony. And, you know, honestly, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the show is the fact that we get to interview people and learn about, you know, their backstory and the experiences that they've had in life, because I think that really resonates with our listeners. So thank you so much for sharing. That's amazing. Michael, how do you promote uh, Eucharistic adoration? What do you do? Great, great question, Father. We have the platform and we've got an ongoing group of subscribers. So the platform is for free and we encourage people to share it. We've yet to place it on YouTube yet. I'm not opposed to it. However, I really wanted to build up more of a following on our platform because we have films for young people and older people. And I'm concerned that when teachers recommend our website or use it in the classroom that they're using YouTube. So we've tried to stay off of those sorts of platforms given the wide demographic that we serve. I also do a series of uh, talks and concert talks throughout the year where I promote it. And then I've got a number of natural partners as well, which promote the website. I also work with dioceses and organizations within the church that also need a film made and we're able to repurpose it for our website as well. You know, it kind of looks like Netflix on there, but in reality, Adorum Daily is really kind of like a Catholic service announcement. It's not really intended for people to hang out or even to go back and forth, this sort of thing. The idea behind it was that there's stories on there and there might be one on there that would move you or that you could recommend to a family member or a friend. You know, from our right and our left, we know many people in our families and in our friend groups have left the faith. They don't realize who they're in front of and they don't realize what they're missing. And so, you know, when Jesus said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And he lost so many followers. And it seems maybe cold and indifferent that he didn't go running after them. Well, who did go running after them? It was those who knew his heart the most. That's the work of the church. That's the mission of the church, the salvation of souls. And it comes through a demonstration of his goodness. And so this is really the great draw to spending time with our Lord, because in a subline, but in a real way, people begin to experience the power of his presence. And this is such a prophetic word, I think, for our country, because we're so used to pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps and kind of doing it the good old American way. But we miss the wisdom of the Gospels when Jesus says to Mary, she's chosen the better. And we are a weary nation, moms and dads, kids, we're weary. And so our Lord wants us to come before him to door and rest. And the saints point the way to that. Our lady points the way to that. So as a guy that basically was raised in a family, married, totally busy, overwhelmed with stuff, very ingrained in the church, the life of the church, the Lord knew that there was a deeper weariness that needed to be touched. But I think he also wanted to tap the talents that he had given me to try to tell this story while I still have time, while we have time to tell it. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at your uh, website and you've got like the Chris Ice story, uh, Light in the Darkness. You've got interviews with Coach Lou Holtz, which looks pretty amazing. Um, and then I, I you've got a whole series on there about the Ten Commandments. Now, did you produce all of these videos yourself? Yeah, I did. I, my work is about 80% of the films that I produce are Catholic in nature. And the work that I've done has always been very kind of Eucharistic, Christocentric. But a lot of the productions on this on this platform have been made specifically for Adore Him Daily. And so, yeah, that's kind of what we got. Wow. Yeah. So Father Orsi actually has two TV shows that he's involved with in Southwest Florida. One's called Action for Life and the other one's called Conversations with Father Orsi. I think we should abbreviate that and just make it Conversations with Father O. Um, <laughs> well, but, that's how they referred to me on the show. Is that how you're – yeah, I think I always call it. Now, listen – Michael, if you get to know Father well enough, one of the the things about Father is if he likes you enough, you're going to get a nickname at some point. Uh, you know, Father, come, I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot here, but come to think of it, I don't think Sierra has a nickname. Not yet. Oh, no. I was waiting for you to say that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. I, oh, I, it's I, coming. <laughs> the other day. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, one question I had for you, Michael. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned it a couple of times, but your concert talks. Yeah. So what do those, you know, what do those entail? And do you still perform your music that you were performing in Nashville? I do. Yeah. Great question, Sierra. So the concert talks basically are where I'll speak on a topic. Generally, it's been revolving around Divine Mercy the last really since 1998. And now I've pulled in more elements of of speaking about adoration um, and so in any event, the way I do that is I open open up with a song and then I'll punctuate the talk with with music throughout. And the songs and the lyrical content are appropriate to what I'm talking about. And my greatest joy in life, honestly, I mean, the thing that brings me the utmost satisfaction aside from, you know, the beauty of our faith, so to speak, um, and, and my family is just to sing like that's really all I've ever really wanted to do. It was the one talent that I worked hardest at when I was in Nashville and I was blessed to be with a really great vocal coach that really helped me learn how to use my instrument and do the things that I wanted to do. So it's a great joy for me to do that. And you know, it's interesting. I, there's something I often contemplate and and I try to share this with our kiddos too. And that is, you know, sometimes when you're in the work of, you know, Catholic ministry, it's, it's sometimes uh, easy to fall to the temptation or the pathway of, of, of trying to be really intentional and, and, and try to gauge, you know, how things are going. And there's a vision that I've had on my head for a long time of a, of a guy or a gal that's kind of walking through a room full of people. And they have this sense of joy and purpose about them. And people are attracted to that. And I think that on my best moments with music, it's just that it's that. Yeah, I'm going to offer you a story. There might be a piece of catechesis in there. There might be a quote from a saint. But honestly, I get the privilege to sit in front of people for a couple of moments and to just praise God. And I love that because, quite honestly, that's really why we were created, was to just simply praise our maker. He wants all of his children around him just to praise him. And he wants to dote over us as well. I do not believe as artists we can exhaust revealing this beautiful face of our Lord who just wants us to remain in his presence. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Michael, with your permission, what we'll do um, is put,
put a maybe a clip of your one of your songs up so our listeners can hear that. All right. So for our listeners at uh, Truth Culture Life, again, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in. You're listening to Michael McGlynn, who is uh, really super talented. I mean, a football player from Notre Dame turned musician, filmmaker, husband, father. Um, and he's got a number of really cool songs out uh, on iTunes, which I have had the pleasure to hear. Um, Virtues. Look for Michael McGlynn Virtues. And we'll post a little clip of one of those songs here shortly so people can listen to it. Very, very impressive uh, work and, and just the creativity. You know, you know what? Um, I'm going to step on my own feet here because I write music. But Michael, maybe you could do a, a theme song for um, for Father Orsi's television show, <laughs> <laughs> or for the documentary coming out. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. We've got, we've got uh, Incorruptible. You know, yeah. I mean, I thought about that. I was like, you know. I could write music for that, but honestly, the sisters are such fantastic vocalists. It'd be hard to incorporate anything other than their music. That's true. Boy, they sing that Gregorian chant just beautifully like angels. They do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. In fact, I think hopefully that's one of the things that we'll have with, with the production of incorruptible movie will be, will be a soundtrack. I mean, that's gotta be a, the, the, the music has to be a major component of that film. No I question. Think about it. A lot of young people get reintroduced to Gregorian chant. And yeah. they'll find out how beautiful it is. And I think that uh, it will open up new horizons. How about that, Michael? Do you think with, um, with the Incorruptible movie and, and uh, as we're discerning that, that, that film, I mean, what's your thought in terms of what Sister Wilhelmina's life and story and the things she stood for? I mean, what sort of impact do you think that could have on our culture? You know... We're a people that longs to see the face of God, but it's a long journey there sometimes to actually be convinced of that. I believe that stories like sisters can be a very attractive and low threshold means of reminding the viewer that we really were made to adore God. And in a certain sense, he adores us because we're his beloved, we're created. When a soul begins to experience the love of God in their heart, personally and intimately it's game over that's ultimately where we young people and where everyone needs that renewal and we do it hand by hand and with stories and i think her story in many ways she's kind of like i'm not the miracle my incorrupt body is actually not the miracle the miracle is on the altar and he's there 24 7 365 appearing in altars and chapels all over the world. There's no retinue of guards to block you. It's easier to go see him than it is a pope, a priest. Uh, well, hopefully, a, a, you know, a movie star, a celebrity, a president. This is Jesus Christ who came down to be with us. And so I believe that her story of all the things that are there, ultimately, she wants us to know that Jesus is there for us, waiting for us. There's a chair with our name on it. We just have to come and be with him and then let him do the work that only he can do. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful story, incredible community. She went through a lot of hardship, but she loved our Lord deeply. And I think that's what resonates about her life more than anything. 
No, that's beautiful. Well, very, very well said. Uh, well, Michael, we really appreciate you joining the show today. Um, and I, I want to get encourage our listeners to to look Michael up. You can go to SistineFilms.com as well as Adore Him Daily. My, I guess the last question I have for you with Sistine Films. So, I mean, you do production work for clients. Is that correct? Yeah. So 80% of the films I do are Catholic. The other 20% or so would be for leaders and, you know, organizations, things of this sort. And I just kind of go where the Lord, where the Lord sends me. And what's beautiful about my work is that it's so much about people that I never have to silo out and put on my Catholic hat or whatever. The work is about people and, and really demonstrating and showing the beauty of people's humanity. Um, and that always has a Christocentric bearing. And so it's, I've been really blessed to do the work I do. It's hard, arduous work, but when you've got a couple of, you know, uh, teenage boys, it's good to stay in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have teenage boys yet. They're, uh, they're all under the age of uh, eight, but man, they're, they're keeping me in shape and they eat a lot too, which is really crazy. Um, <laughs> listen, I, nothing yet. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I have a son, Augustine, like we'll go get a big container of blueberries and, 20 minutes later, he just, he'll eat the entire thing <laughs> and, uh, strawberries. He, he's our fruit guy. He likes fruit, which is good. He's a healthy eater. I, I do have another son, Gabriel. who's like, he's like his dad. He likes a lot of sugar. Um, so I try not to eat that much sugar, but he, he'll polish off a whole bag, you know, box of cookies and not even think twice about it. But you anyway. know, one thing I, one thing I wanted to add real quickly is that <clears throat> when I look at the landscape of Catholic media today, whether it be podcasts or movies that are coming out, comments, uh, articles that are written, there, there seems to be a great deficit in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of commentary about everything that's going wrong, everything that we're being challenged by. Um, I hear a lot, you know, of how broken we are. Where there's a great need is to talk about what's going right. And I don't mean rose-colored glasses. I've had the privilege of document people the last five years that, that are sitting before the Lord frequently, and the arc of their lives is beautiful. And they're experiencing blessings in their home, personally, within the ranks of their children, their parents. It involves uh, emotional health, physical health. And they're really growing in confidence of who God made them to be. And <clears throat> it's preparing them to really receive our Lord in the high point, which is the Holy Mass. And, and from there, their life is taking off in a really beautiful direction, in a sublime way, but in a very assured direction of confidence in him, trusting in him. And I say that because I really believe that we need to do what we can to also put out stories that are, that are uplifting and true, that God has not forgotten his world. He's not forgotten his children. There are many that maybe have forgotten him, but those that desire and seek him, he is there. And he wants to reach us and use us. And Sister Wilhelmina's story is yet another opportunity to speak of how God is doing something very beautiful in the world. That's beautiful. Michael, that's a great way to end this segment. Um, you're listening to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. We just want to thank Michael McGlynn for joining us. And we hope to have you again, Michael. And we'll keep everybody posted as you uh, have any cool new projects coming out. Be sure to let us know. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back after this break. In the faces that you Everything
July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me, even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic, too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July Matching Mondays. Help seniors remain independent. Faith in Action is a nonprofit providing transportation for people over 60 to medical appointments and grocery stores. Become a Faith in Action driver in the extended Bloomington Normal Area, 309-827-7780. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. All right, you're listening to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. And uh, wow, we've had such an interesting show today with uh, with Michael from Sistine Films and Sierra giving us some headlines. Uh, I think actually Sierra's going to give us some headlines in a few minutes. Um, Father O, what's, what's new with you? Anything big coming up down there in beautiful Naples, Florida? Let's see. What is big? Com- oh, big, really big. My birthday celebration. Oh, my goodness. Going to be July the 15th. That's the big event here in Naples. Uh, It really it's a a fundraiser for action for life. And uh, at the moment, we still have a few days to go. There are over 150 guests attending. Wow. All the money. I don't want any presents. All the money, all the gifts, all the profit goes to action for life. Not only does it produce the television show, uh, the two, uh, well, produces the Action for Life television show, but also different organizations uh, are um, recognized and uh, oftentimes they get grants from Action for Life. For instance, a grant is going to be given to the Sunlight Home, which takes care of unwed mothers. Also, uh, there's going to be a march in Washington uh, and Action for Life donated shirts for uh, the Students for Life to wear on the march. So uh, we're doing a lot of things. And of course, the, the big, big event that we're looking forward to is um, next year when we have the summit right here in Naples. And uh, of course, you are the uh, coordinator for that event. So that should be big. Yeah, that uh, I was on a show earlier today, Father, about about the Naples summit um, with Lauren Mazika. And she's really excited about it. Choose Life Marketing has uh, endorsed the summit and is has volunteered to completely revamp the website and help kind of take it to the next level for people to register. So that new site for lawlife.org will be, I think it'll be live in like the next week or two. 
And then there'll be a site for the summit specifically, which will be naplesummit.com. People can actually go there right now, I think, and sign up for updates. But anyway, Father, your birthday, um, I I just can't even believe it. Uh, It's right around the corner. And the other thing that you said, which is amazing to me, is you're not going to get any presents at all? Well, I don't want any presents. I want all of the money collected to go to action for life to help support the cause of life. However, if somebody wishes to give me a bottle of scotch, I will not give that to action for life. I'll <laughs> take that personally. All right. Well, it, so- could be, it could be contaminated. You have to make sure that it's okay, right? Don't upset me. Yeah. Well, the bottle bottle would have to be sealed. If it's sealed, it should be okay. Well, I have. Oh, but that's what I mean. He can't donate it to Action for Life. He's got to make sure, you know, keep it for yourself. All right. And uh, I'll have the canary test the scotch before I drink it. Yeah. You know, uh, one question I had, Father O, you know, Mm -hmm. you're doing this birthday party and I get that you have so many guests coming, but is there a way for people to donate online, maybe? Like if there's a listener who wants to donate? Good idea. Good idea. Action for life uh, dot net, and you'll get the address for Action for Life, and you can make a donation. Action for life dot net. I love it. Maybe, That's huge. maybe if we get a, a hundred listeners to donate ten dollars, or you know, whatever we can do, anything for Father O's birthday. <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you know, if you're if you're rich, send me a million. Yeah, well, that why not? I mean, well, I'm, gonna give, I'm gonna give like a lot to you, Robin Hood, because I want this uh, documentary. Uh, incorruptible uh to become uh part of the uh uh people's uh expectations uh in the near future you know i don't want this a million years from now i want now no we're gonna we're gonna crank out this movie um rain or sunshine i mean it's it's happening i'm working basically full-time on it right now (laughs) and uh for better or worse uh, this film is going to get done and it's going to be an awesome i'm putting everything into it so it's going to be really really great uh, and yeah, we will. There'll be opportunities actually for people to support the Incorruptible movie in the near future. We haven't we haven't announced that yet, um, but we're going to do some crowdfunding for it, which will allow people to um, contribute if they want. Um, there'll be opportunities for people to be like extras in certain scenes that we're shooting. People can you know buy credits if they want to have like their credit, and, and then people can be screen it when we get the movie done. We're going to invite some folks to host screenings for the movie at theaters around the country. So there'll, there'll be some really neat ways for people to get involved. Um, I, I can't stop thinking about Father O's birthday, Sierra. Uh, Father, cover your ears for a moment. Uh, don't listen. I, I feel he's covering his ears if, for folks that can't see. I feel like we need to do something for Father Orsi's birthday. Like we should get him like a, a pet puppy or something. I don't know. Ah, ah, oh, he's he not supposed to be listening. I can't take care of myself. <laughs> you're supposed to be covering your ears, Father. What's the purpose of a surprise if you're if you're peeking? Oh, I can't help it. Well, hey, for those for those listening, uh, next week we should have a surprise for Father Orsi's birthday. So we'll have to keep it posted. Good <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be recording our segment. In uh, Missouri, maybe what we'll do is we'll figure out a way to call Father O to get him in there. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll figure something out, Father. It's a big deal. Your it's birthday. Big, it's I, big. I, honestly, if I ever become president, I'm going to declare your birthday a national holiday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love that. Well, Go hey, on. you know, so talking about headlines and just really interesting. I know that there's a lot of things going on probably at local levels, but at the national level, there have, there has not been um, a lot of breaking news lately. 
one thing oh, that we have had is the oh, Supreme Court rulings on breaking news. They say that again. White House. <laughs> oh yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Now, how did that get there? No one knows. That nope. that's pretty interesting. I don't even. Honestly, I feel like a lot of reality is it's not even reality. Like I feel like I'm in a movie. I was listening to the radio the other day when um somebody had mentioned, yeah, you know, there's going to be um or they found coke at the White House. And I was like, what on earth? If you would have said that 50 years ago, people wouldn't have even known that. But known what that meant. Yeah. What yeah. do you think is it's- happening with that, Father O? I mean, like, what can we even do? You know what? The system is so corrupt. I don't know what anybody can do anymore because <laughs> you'll recall there was a leak of the Supreme Court decision on mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade. Uh, now, there's about like not even 50 people that could have had access to that decision. Mm-hmm. And yet it got out there. And guess what? They don't know who did it. Now, is this possible? No. Cocaine. Well, go look at the visitor's log. Who was in the West Wing? Well, that's easy enough. But, <laughs> but, but finally, I he, home here. This, this is bizarre. I don't want to speculate about this, but I was reading a Breitbart um, spot, and they, they, they made a good point. They said, listen, the, the visitors, the people that are just visiting, like, and I've been to the White House. And I can mm-hmm. tell you, going into the White House, they made you, they made you make you breathe on stuff. They pat you down. You go through like two or three different X-rays. There is no way you're sneaking a paperclip in through the visitors center. So no chances are good that whoever had that substance at the White House was somebody that is allowed and authorized to bypass regular security. So Breitbart.com has a really funny poll, and it's like sort of who done it. And I think I, I read that there was like a there's like a betting one of these betting sites as actually taking bets on on the again who who did it and I don't again I don't want to speculate but like the the number one bet so far unfortunately is Hunter Biden. <laughs> well, who else would it be? It wouldn't be it wouldn't be Biden's dogs. I mean, <laughs> we'll never we'll never find out. I mean, unless they want to get rid of Kamala and say it was hers. I I, I don't know. Yeah, they're gonna they're, what what Breitbart pointed out is we'll never find out. It could it could be anybody's. All right, but what they're going to do is they're going to pin it on a, they're going to say it's a lapse of security and they'll fire one or two Secret Service agents as cover and, uh, you know, kind of deflect the story. But listen, you know, I remember the media was talking about how much, I don't want to get into to politics too much, but how much, you know, Diet Coke President Trump drank or how much, you know, mm-hmm. fish sandwiches from McDonald's. All right, that was like big headline news. This, this story is like buried. I know. Well, yeah. it's the same thing with if you guys remember when Obama was president, they had an event. They had um I don't even remember what it was. It was kind of like an influencer event. And the next day, some of the people who were invited to the event talked about how they had smoked weed in the West Wing. And nobody like the media never picked it up. They never talked about it. They never said anything. But these people were like, "Yep, I came to the White House and I smoked weed." What on earth? Yeah. What's his name? I mean, you get these other stories. Epstein. Oh, they had a big investigation. It was Mm -hmm. just a number of lapses, a whole bunch of coincidences. The cameras didn't work. The guards were off duty. Uh, He didn't have a roommate uh, that was watching him. I mean, 
This is one lie after the other. And you know, if, if a government lies enough, the people don't trust the government anymore. And ultimately, the government fails. That's what happens. This is a very, very slippery path that we're on. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, um, so the only other thing I wanted to mention, too, and this is the only thing I really wanted to talk about, but with the Supreme Court now, we've had two huge victories uh, regarding the uh, student loans that uh, Biden cannot forgive all these student loans. And then we had another big ruling on the freedom of speech. And so, you know, what's your take on the student loan ruling, Father O? Well, it's a it's a proper ruling. It was a 6-3 ruling. And uh, the three liberal justices, well, you know who they are. Uh, they seem to think that uh, the president has the authority to disperse money. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, money is controlled by the Congress. Congress makes the laws and Congress has power of the purse. You just can't decide you're going to give away billions of dollars that Congress did not approve. So it was a, a ruling, 100% correct, the ruling, 100% mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. No, and I completely agree. I mean, it was just really interesting to me. And obviously, you know, I'm younger. I'll be 26 in a couple of months. I haven't seen a ton of presidents in my time and, you know, seen a lot of these this administrative work. But just, I, I can't even think of the right word, but how Biden's administration has honestly just come in and they've changed the interpretation so many laws they've changed the interpretation of what the president is supposed to do and it it blows my mind like how could they even think that they can forgive all these student loans i don't understand how any reasonable person can say that the president has the power to do that however if we didn't have the justices on the court that we have now believe me we would have student loan forgiveness Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's something that's huge. And, you know, I, I supported Trump when he was the president. He did a lot of great things. But I think, in my opinion, one of the best things that Trump did was getting those justices on the court because that was huge. It was. We've seen win after win after win. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, as he's running now in the next election, people have to keep that in mind, uh, what his legacy really is and what he was able to do. Fantastic. No, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't understand that. That's that's why, um, I mean, that he, he was the only presidential candidate in history that published a list in advance of who he would consider for nominating. Mm-hmm. And so those people had, there was plenty of time to vet those people well in advance of any opportunity for him to even nominate. Um, and wow, what a circus that was, right? With the cabinet hearing. You wait and see that the Democrats are now going to try to pack the court yeah it happened but if they control uh if they could get control back of congress and senate it could happen with a democrat president in the white house yeah you you know go ahead see go ahead well one thing and i think your opinion would be much needed here rice but i keep hearing about this expanding of the court not necessarily packing the court but adding on justices what in the heck is up with that Historically, father father might have some information on this too, but I mean, historically, it's it it's happened before. The Supreme Court wasn't always as big as it is now. It, it started off smaller, and so over time, um, more seats have been created. In fact, I think technically, um, it, it, I don't know that it's that hard to increase the size of the Supreme Court. Believe it or not, uh, there's some mechanisms that would allow for it. But I do think 
um, a, a party would it would require them to have the majority um, in in you know the three branches of government. So it's it's totally possible right. the court could be shrunk as well. Um, but look, let's let's put this into perspective. Um, the particular candidates that that were appointed by the Trump administration. I mean, people can call them conservatives, but the in terms of their jurisprudence, they're actually constitutionalists. There's a difference. Um, they don't just rule based on ideological philosophy. They rule based on their interpretation of the Constitution um, versus what we have on the left where you have um, activist judges. That's where Roe came from. Roe came not from a sound uh, analysis or interpretation of the Constitution, it came from an activist court who wanted to create something that had never existed before with the so-called right to privacy. So the Supreme Court as it sits today, and that's why conservatives are sometimes shocked by rulings that don't go the conservative way, even with um, the quote-unquote conservative majority, because again, these candidates that the administration put on are in fact, I think in my opinion, and based on their jurisprudence, they're constitutionalists. I agree. Remember, there's nothing yeah. in the Constitution that limits or gives a number for Supreme Court justices. So that's why, you know, uh, elections do have consequences. <laughs> Be careful, folks. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think actually, fa uh, Father, to that point, technically, because of that, it's po it, it may be possible, and I don't know, um, but it may be possible just for a Supreme, uh, a Senate majority um, to, to do that without Congress. It's, I don't yeah. know. I have, that's a question yeah. I'll look into, but that's, I don't, yeah. if there's nothing in the constitution prohibiting it, then you wouldn't need both houses. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right on that. I don't see what Congress would have to do with that. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, we've talked about this before on the show too, people who, you know, they, their activism, you know, they it's the passion that fuels them. It's their feelings that fuels them. And I think that that's where people, especially the conservatives who are like, we have this conservative majority. That's not how it works. We have to understand the Constitution. We have to understand the rulings before and go from there. But that's why I think things are so interesting right now with all these different, you know, circuit courts and whatever that we have. Um, even in North Dakota and some of these uh, red states in regards to abortion and, you know, your constitutional right to abortion, all of these really interesting opinions that are coming out. Uh, people really need to start reading into that and looking into what's going on. You know, it'd be a fun thing to do and maybe action for life could do this. I, I, you know, they have those little constitution pocketbooks. They're not, I mean, they're not big. They're free. You can get them for free. They might. And if you had to buy them, they're probably only a dollar or two each. Wow, the horsey's probably got one right you know, there. You know, why, why don't we do a campaign and we could do this through truth culture life where we send a copy of the constitution to every member of the Senate and the Congress and here's the question. How many of our elected representatives have ever actually read the Constitution? Now, that is a good question. Are we talking about the federal Constitution or the state Constitution? Uh, well, it would be, be United States. United States Constitution. Yep. I think we should send a copy to every single member of Congress and every member of the Senate. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, we could even... We could even we could even do like a writing campaign, encourage our listeners. Hey, if you have a connection to your federal delegation, ask them, call them out. Have you actually read the United States Constitution? No, that's and see what they say. See yeah, what they I, say. I, I'm guessing there are a few that won't admit it, but I'm <laughs> guessing that should be a prerequisite to being a eligible to run for office. You don't have to 
you know, take a test or anything. That would be too complicated for our elite politicians. But you should, at the bare minimum, just at least glance at the darn thing. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, the other thing we should do while we're talking about it, we should, you know, let's maybe we could get some uh, little Bibles and send the Bibles to each uh, member of the of Congress and the Senate as well. Um, or, or be, you know, bottom line, the Ten Commandments. Yes, just tell them to go to a hotel room. There's the Gideon Bibles for free. They got the Bibles there. <laughs> they don't ever open those drawers uh, unless they're uh, they're hiding their illicit illicit substances. Probably. Uh, yeah. No, I like I like that idea because I feel like a lot of folks have almost like I've seen this at the state level, at the federal level. It's like we've weaponized the Bible, changing the interpretation of certain passages or actual teachings to use like for their motive wait a minute it's like, that's not how it works have you I'm, read the bible you're gonna get a little agitated with this they're coming out <laughs> with ai version of the bible now how do you like that the what version ai oh no oh yes oh, no no we should do that live. We should do that live on the program. We'll go to the chat, uh, GPT, whatever it's called, next week, and ask AI <laughs> to interpret the Bible for us and see what it says. Uh, which is probably scary. It'd be a scary thing to do. I know. I, oh, no. Yeah, that's. If people don't know the difference, feel and make believe anymore. Oh, it's it's scary. Very yeah. scary. Well, that's oh, why we're. That's why this show is called Truth Culture, <laughs> Man, right? Truth. And uh, the the famous age old question, what is truth, folks? You get it right here. We are all out of time this week. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. We want to thank Catholic Spirit Radio for airing this program three times a week now, Saturdays and Sundays. So go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook as well. I'll give you guys the last word. Okay. Let's, everybody, uh, have a great week. And just remember my birthday next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> And the only thing I'm going to say is make sure to check us out on our social media, on our YouTube, on our Spotify. We're going to have a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Royce and I and Father O have been just, you know, hitting it hard, grinding out what we have coming up next. So don't miss anything. Beautiful. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.